Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under for another week. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me I have Brad. How are you, Brad? Good evening. It's uh, It's been a pretty positive week. I think if we looked at the Cardiff game in isolation, uh, it paints a different story, sort of a, an, another last-minute equaliser, dropping points at home again. But I think if we look at the two games uh, in combination, it gives it a bit more context. And um, the win against Sheffield Wednesday this morning was a fantastic result and it means it's now five games undefeated for the team and uh, two clean sheets in the last three games as well. So um, the the draw against Cardiff, firstly, uh, another cracking free kick from Grzycki, um a fantastic header from Device to potentially have given us the win, but unfortunately it wasn't to be the case. Um, but But overall, I think... You know, coupled with the Sheffield Wednesday result this morning with a with a fantastic um, goal quite late in that one from Tom Eves to break his duck, I think it shows that the team is starting to come together and gel a bit. Um, what, what's your take on the last uh, sort of run of results been? Yeah, look, I think um, especially watching the Wednesday game, you got a real feel that that whole, I don't know, sort of unified team spirit was there. Um, obviously, it helps when Eves scoring his first goal makes it sort of that more special for a few of them, but um, there seemed to be a bit of that sort of grit um, that maybe we didn't see until we had a good run last year, and that was the back four seemed to be really, you know, helping each other and really digging deep um, and probably, if anything, being sort of very conscious of what was going on around them. Um, But I think probably the Cardiff game, you can't take too much away from the fact that Cardiff are, if not in the same position well, on the pitch, they should be better suited to trying to get to promotion than probably we should be. But, you know, to come up and try and get a point, they would be upset that they didn't probably even snatch a win. But I think the game wasn't actually that too one-sided that you could, you know, state anything other than a draw was probably a reasonably fair result. Um, but it looked to me anyway, and obviously I haven't seen the whole game yet from the Wednesday game, but I've watched quite a bit of the highlights of it, that um, it was probably just a tough old game that everyone seemed to do their job. Yeah, and it's a little bit funny that um, Dan and I were talking last week about how playing Cardiff and Wednesday this week was kind of appropriate considering our last two promotions to the Premier League were against those sides. And it's kind of freakish in a way how similarly the two games mirrored those results. We had Cardiff scoring the late equaliser against us to make it 2-2, just as they did seven years ago. And then, didn't realise at the time, but saw afterwards um, from Hull City's social media account that Tom Eves scored his goal in the exact same minute that Modiami scored the winner at Wembley um, three years ago. So, uh, yeah... uh, Three years ago now, yeah. Um, so it, it is yeah. kind of funny how, how those sorts of um, results mirrored up a little bit. But, um, I mean, as you said, it, it's it's it, it's hard to find too much fault with the result against Cardiff, considering that they've just been relegated from the Premier League. They've got a theoretically much stronger squad than ours. Um, and even Wednesday, they've been on a 
pretty decent run of form themselves. I think it was three or four games undefeated, um, and, and they've been undefeated under Monk since he's come in to take charge. So both sides uh, with a bit of a um, you know bit of a bit of form behind them, bit of experience, and, and a bit of a threat. Um, and to take four points from those two games was was fantastic. And, and as you said, it was not only the um, the Eves goal this morning and seeing how much it meant to the players and the fans, but also when Device scored what what at that time put us in the lead against Cardiff. The way that the uh, the fans celebrated, the way that the players and the staff celebrated, it feels like slowly but surely there's a bit of that spirit coming back to the club, which is really great to see. Yeah, look, it is, and probably whether it was clickbait or whether I was reading something genuine or not, I think it was Bowen that was talking about how amazing McCann actually is yeah. um, as a man manager and those sorts of things. So um, obviously, love him or loathe him, Adkins had the players playing together and really doing things you know, as, as a good manager should. And it looks, although very early days, it does look like at least even the newer players are feeling like they're a part of something under McCann, which is really what this league's going to be all about. Other than the promoted teams, nearly everyone in this league is already ahead of us on pre-season and on squad numbers. Um, so we're just trying to fight our way in, and fingers crossed we're going to do that a lot earlier than we did last year. Apart from Magenna's um, starting up top this morning against Wednesday, uh, and you know, if we if we started Eves in his place, would you say that that's just about our first eleven at this stage? I mean, it looks as if Honeyman in that midfield with with um, Irvine and also Stewart is a pretty solid middle three, with obviously uh, Grzycki and Bowen out on the wings, and that back four. I mean, Fleming put in a fantastic performance this morning, and along with Elder is probably sort of competing for that left back slot. But otherwise, that that first 11 is really sort of starting to pick itself these days? Look, I think so, and I think probably that was probably the key to it last year as well, although Grisicki and Bowen would get sort of a lot of the praise for last year. It was quite clear. Um, when Stuart really got his mojo on, um, our midfield looked looked really solid, um, and I think that's why, especially in the second half of last year, we went on a reasonable run there for a while where defensively we looked good, and I think that's because of how hard the midfield were working as well. Um, and in recent times, Long looked pretty good in goal. Um, I don't sort of feel like there's anyone in that 11 last night other than maybe who sits up top that you would probably change. Yeah. Um, but that's the beauty of it, isn't it? And if we can get a squad that's going to get us through these huge amount of games we're going to play... Um, then that's what's going to get us promoted, not necessarily the best seven or eight. And as you said, it, it's sort of coming together a lot like it did last season, but I think what bodes well is that we're doing it a little bit earlier in the season. Last year, it wasn't really until the end of October that we started to get going, but at this rate, mm. we've sort of clicked, you know, a couple of weeks, almost a month earlier than that. And I know at the end of last season, we were sort of looking back and saying, geez, if we'd shown that form a little bit earlier, we really could have made a, a genuine run at the playoffs. And, without getting too far ahead of ourselves. I mean, Leeds in first are only seven, or whoever's in first are only seven points ahead of us. Um, it's not as if we've given ourselves that much of a handicap that we're starting from quite a, quite a way back. We've actually got a decent chance to make up that ground. If we, we have Huddersfield this weekend, who we'll talk about in a second, um, that can all of a sudden be another three points. So all of a sudden we've banked back-to-back three-pointers uh, and all of a sudden everything sort of opens up around us. Look, it does, and I think that's probably the best way to sum it up too. These 
you know, three games in a week is where you get unstuck. Um, and obviously having a reasonably slow start, it's just that slow accumulation of points that is going to get us a lot closer than hopefully we were last year. Um, and no better way to sort of test that than to face Huddersfield this week, who we know have got their own struggles. But technically, if we think we're anything mid-table and above, we've got to put them away. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about them now because Huddersfield did manage to get their first win this morning against Stokes. So um, in, in a way, I mean, there's two ways to look at it, I guess. Either the fact that they've got the monkey off the back, so there's not as much pressure on them going into each game, which can either mean that they're loosened up and, and might play a lot better, or else they don't have that um, that urge and that desire to get that first win on the board. Um, I tend to think it's probably the former. I think they'll be sort of more fired up and, and more confident going into the game. Um, but at the same time, the squad that they have isn't a fantastic squad. They, they sold a lot or they've moved out a lot of players over the summer, as gen- generally happens with relegated clubs. Aaron Moyes has gone back to the Premier League, as we know. Um, so they are there for the taking, and they are a club that we have to look at in the form that they're in, in the form that we're in, that we really should be putting away. Oh, exactly, and you can't, you know, good on them for beating Stoke, but <laughs> Stoke, Stoke got a point yet? Yeah, yeah, like it's it's it, you've got to sort of take it with a, a little bit of a pinch yeah. and say, look, they'll probably be more confident they were than obviously if they lost. But we've still got to obviously say, look, no matter who comes our way, we've got to be able to make sure that we can put those teams that are, you know, around us or below us um, uh, away. Probably the only thing that helps us, I think, anyway, is if you look at the lineups between Saturday and Tuesday, and then look at what we can do again going into this Saturday with a shorter turnaround again, I, I don't see any real problems. Yep. Um, and that's a bit different to this time last year, and that's maybe why that period of time up until the end of October, November last year was a bit more, let's call it shaky, is we still hadn't really even gelled. So I do believe we're a little bit ahead of the curve as far as the team yeah. gelling together goes. But yeah. it's still a long season, isn't it? It is, and, and I think... That's one of the strengths of McGann compared to Adkins last season was I can remember sitting on this podcast around this time last season saying, we don't even know what our best formation is. You know, Adkins was sort of chopping and changing the formation a lot. Whereas I think because McGann has this style of play that he's really set on and he has his formation, he knows what he wants, and he's actually brought in the players to complement that formation, it means that... You know, whether it's Lopez coming in for Honeymoon, whether it's um, Henriksen even, who we, we can talk about as potentially an option to now come in to give Irv, to, to give Irvine a chop out, whether it's Bowler starting on a wing, whether it's Magenis up top instead of Eves, whether it's Elder at left back or um, Fleming, there's a lot of options and depth in particular positions that doesn't actually damage or um, change our formation, which means that the players can get a lot more used to playing in a certain way. And... I mean, I saw McGann saying this morning about Eves that, you know, he, he played two up top at Gillingham, so it was going to take him a little while to adjust to playing um, as a lone striker. And, and he's sort of now starting to get it. And, and I think we're going to see a lot of benefits from that with Eves in the coming weeks and months, where we now have this formation that works and the players are starting to click. Um, I think it was Tafazoli or someone who a few weeks ago made the somewhat silly claim, but, you know, in some ways it makes sense, sort of comparison of McGann to Guardiola of, well, when a manager comes in with this style of play and this new tempo of of 
passing and, and playing the ball out that the players aren't necessarily used to, it does take them a while to adjust. But once they do, you start to see the results. Yeah, look, I think you're right. And I think probably, getting back to the point there about what Bowen was saying about how good he is. I mean, Bowen's a, you know, a jet of a 20, what is he, 21? 20, 21 year old. Yeah, 20, 21 year old player who's talking that highly of a manager he's had for, you know, a couple of months. Um, it must speak a lot about what the coach actually does or is. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of this we talk about, yep, it's gonna, you're going to need to take some time and let things adjust. And let's face it, McCann has still inherited a squad with a, a lack of transfer depth or a lack of depth that you can just go out and top up with. And he's had to graft and bring loanees in and do what he's had to do. And yet he hasn't used them all yet. Yeah. So there's, there's a bit of benefit in that. Um, and probably the only thing that probably helps a little bit is as boring as a 1-0 might sound, the fact that we didn't concede is important because I think that's what's really going to help us. If we've got a chance of finishing top 10+, plus, it's going to come down to the way we concede those goals like we did against Cardiff. Yeah, and, and that late equaliser against Cardiff was quite a frustrating one from that, from that point of view that we are still dropping those points that we needed to be picking up. Um, I think uh, Phil Buckingham wrote an article saying that, you know, we've really got to become a bit more straight smart. And it does sort of underline how young our team is in a lot of ways, um, particularly that back four, apart from Lehigh uh, and Kingsley, if he's playing there, um, you know, they're all essentially quite young players, quite inexperienced. So um, I think there's a benefit of that where you see when, you know, the last time we had a quite a young core was when we had the guys like, you know, Chester and Dudgeon and Brady and, and all those guys in the team. They sort of grew and developed together. And we're sort of seeing mm-hmm. that again now. And, and it's why over the last few years I've been so frustrated when we've had large groups of players leave at the end of each season and why I was so excited this past off season that we actually held a lot of that first 11 together because it meant for the first time in a while we've had essentially the same back four as last season. Um, you know, we've lost Marshall, gained long to an extent, but other than that, um, and we're starting to get that young core again, which is really kind of starting to gel and kind of de- develop together. And um, I know that we've started hearing word of contracts being offered to players again, and, and fingers crossed that we can tie a few of these guys down to long-term deals. That would be nice, because um, I mean, it's going to be the stability and getting back to that whole, you know, bigger squad that covers, you know, near on 40 games, um, that's going to get us up there. And last year, I think, to be fair to the players, we were probably four or five players short, and yeah. we were relying on too few. So as those games, you know, you go back and look at those fixtures after Christmas last year, there was games there where, you know, we know we shouldn't have dropped points. Um, and you just turn one or two of those results around, it's a different season, and that's what this debt's going to need to be. Absolutely. Um, well, before we uh, before we sign off for the evening, we will do our football flashback of the week, and it's a double header this time because we had a couple of very significant results this time 11 years ago um, down in North London um, against Spurs and Arsenal, which really sort of set us on our way in the Premier League to an extent. Um, unchanged lineup in both games. Giovanni wonder strikes in both games um, and a couple of really handy results with the 2-1 result against Arsenal and the 1-0 against Spurs. Um, it, it is interesting looking back on it and I guess you sort of see the results on paper and you think, you know, that in a way they're even more extraordinary than they were. But it, it is hard to remember that at the time Spurs were bottom of the Premier League. 
Um, but, you know, taking nothing away from those results, they were really the games that made the world stand up and take notice of us. And um, it was really those results coupled with that run we went on where, you know, we knocked off West Brom. We had that 4-3 shootout, essentially, with Manchester United. And it really uh, underlined that we were, you know, a club of re- real credentials and really deserved to be in the Premier League. Oh, oh definitely. And the Arsenal game is still probably one of my favourite games I've watched of, of all time. And it's not so much because, you know, Phil Brown had his headpiece on and was running down the <laughs> sidelines like a lunatic and all that. But it was more just that, you know, there's a love-hate relationship with Arsenal from my perspective and my family's yeah. perspective. So watching how much that day meant, not obviously just the fact that Giovanni scored possibly the finest goal we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it, it, what that little, you know, behind the goals corner area of the away supporters just watching them go absolutely nuts just showed you sort of how how good that day was. And probably looking back at it, I probably watched the game too many times now, but watching some of my hill's performances in the second half um, and just how good even even Ash was at times. You know, they just yeah. played such a disciplined game, even though, okay, great, you get your second goal and you feel pretty good about things. They just really didn't want to let go. Um, yeah. And, and we've actually it's... seen that at the Emirates a few times now. Yeah. So, uh, and the fact at that stage that I think only maybe one team had ever beaten Arsenal at the Emirates before... I think that was the one that showed, whilst by the end of the season, it was like a fluke. Um, at that time, we weren't necessarily out of place playing Premier League football. Um, yeah. I think the Spurs game, to be fair, and I haven't watched it for ages. I keep watching the free kick, of course. But I think that day we were lucky. We got Spurs when they were hopeless, um, scored a great free kick. I think I spent most of the time trying to work out who Dean Marnie was because he was ex-Spurs. <laughs> I thought he must have been good and all this sort of thing. But um, it was just an awesome awesome period of time and I can't find it but my old man saved a print off of the BB website, BBC website somewhere where it showed where we were on the league ladder um, and all the and teams I think that were blast, was, yeah. yeah I think there was a chance there that it might have been between fixtures but we were top Yeah. Um, and he printed it off somewhere but no just an amazing run, an amazing period of time especially after Wembley the year before and um, you know, but then again, that year obviously you, you watch sort of the Portsmouth away games and all these sorts of things and think, okay, it brings you back to reality pretty quick. But, yeah, uh, definitely. Pretty special days. Well, yeah, I mean, as you you mentioned the uh, the Phil Brown headset, and I reckon that's probably the one downside of those games was that he uh, he, he he probably put the headset on and everything sort of went his way and he kind of got a, pretty big in his boots and kind of carried on with it and. You got the fake tan going and, and everything like that, but um, no, it was a great period. And I think that that Arsenal game is probably the f- uh, because I started supporting City at the start of that season. But as a or what I would have been fourteen year old at the time, no, not even, no, sixteen year old at the time, um, middle of the night games. It was quite hard for me to sort of uh, follow the results, watch the games live, and all that sort of thing. And so I think to start the season, I sort of tracked the results and, okay, yes, we beat Fulham the first game. Oh, we got thumped by Wigan. Oh, okay. Sort of following the results. I, the, the Arsenal game is the first one I can vividly remember watching um, and just kind of, you know, mouth agape at the Giovanni goal. Um, and that really being that first visceral connection to the club. Um, 
it, it was it was a fantastic game. And as you say, I mean, Ashby, uh, Dawson with his tackle on, on Walcott to deny him. There were so many great moments from the whole team and everyone fixates on the Giovanni goal and quite rightly so. It was a fantastic goal, but it was really a, a, a brilliant team effort that day. And the, the thing I find really funny about that looking back on it as well is that you know, McShane was playing that day and, and it's it's sometimes hard to remember or easy to forget just how long his connection with the club has been. Um, he, he's sort of the forgotten man in that sense because he was out on loan so much and out of the team so much and sort of, you know, in and around the squad a little bit. But he was sort of this part of these two different eras and, and it's almost easy to sort of look at it as almost two different players. But, um, of course, you know, he, he, he was sort of the, the culprit for the own goal that gave Arsenal the lead in the first place but um, it, it's fantastic sort of looking back on that era and the players and the squad that we had um, as you say you know the next week at Spurs we were probably a bit lucky uh, my mem- main memory of that game is yeah, the free kick had gone in and I think I just spent the next 80 minutes or whatever watching the clock counting it down praying for the whistle <laughs> to go so that we could get the win but um uh, it, was a, it was an awesome time. And, and I think, mate, even for someone who, you know, in my case, I'm a lot older than you, Alex. I was around <laughs> when things were rubbish. Um, yeah. And we yeah, went through lockouts and visiting the lovely old supermarket that was once a, a stand at the club and all these sorts of things that, you know, back in those days, you just hung on, you know, very small memories. And that was sort of... Um, there'd be you know Rodney Rowe and Kevin Francis and these guys back in the day that you know just came in, played for a couple of months and left, and that wasn't what the club was really about. But even the one that I still remember, and you talked about watching the games that year, that Fulham game and watching Fulham come on and score. I never rated Fulham as a Championship player, yeah. let alone a Premier League player, and here he comes off the bench to score the winner, mind it's you, funny. easy enough goal. There were so many of those types of players. I mean, Ashby's still my favourite player of all time, and it's because he he shows us hope for anyone. You know, he was obviously an all right footballer, but for a man who just sat in a system and did a job, he was phenomenal at at a Premier League level. It's funny how that works, that there are some players who just, you know, they can look out of their depth at a particular level or in a particular club, and then rise to the challenge um, in your, as you're saying with Folan when he, when he, uh, when we got to the Premier League, but you look at um, Ashby, Dawson, uh, My Hill uh, and France, I mean, France to a lesser extent in the Premier League, but those four players traveling up through the four divisions with City, all essentially rejected by um, other clubs and came to City, formed this core. And I kind of comes back to this whole concept of having this great core of players consistent first 11 team through the divisions it can actually you you look at you look at Fulham last year in the Premier League they bought an entirely new 11 just about and you lose that soul you lose that identity um, and everything can just fall apart you look at Sheffield United and Norwich this season who barely spend anything and they're doing a whole lot better than Villa who in a similar way to Fulham have bought a whole lot of players in Um, it's remarkable how when you have that core of players that can just sort of push on and rise to the new challenges with each successive division, um, you know, you can achieve pretty amazing things. You can, mate. And I think you hit on the head, even with our current situation, if we had stability, guys staying year in, year out, not a lot of upheaval, you generally get the results. And I think it's probably um, a lot to be said about, 
you know, under both managers, both under Brownie and under Bruce, when we got promoted, as soon as we got carried away and started buying players, bringing Bullard in and, you know, talking up the next big thing and spending good dollars, um, that team dynamic and that culture changed. And both times we got relegated. Yet we didn't spend much on the first season both times and end up staying up by the skin yeah. of our teeth. But Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. so I think there's something in that, mate. Absolutely. Well, just before we head off, speaking of results, do you have a tip for this weekend against Huddersfield? Uh, we're playing away, aren't we? We are, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, look, I'm going to back us to go 2-0. Yep. And I've got a feeling that Bowen will score the first. I got Eves right last night. I did pick him to score. So, uh, and that's on Facebook somewhere for those that don't believe me because <laughs> um, I thought he'd break his duck but yeah. I think uh, I think we'll win again this Saturday I, I think we'll win as well I think 2-0 is a good score and I think Eves will score again I think it's you know you know, water off the back now so he's going to be you know top of top of confidence starting the he'll start the game he'll lead the line and he'll get his second goal for the club and I think you're right Bowen hasn't scored for a few weeks so he's definitely due another one so uh, here's to a 2-0 result um, well, thank you for, for joining me tonight, Brad. No, thanks for having me, mate. Awesome. And go no, City. No Get worries. Thank, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, this is the last game before the international break, so we'll be uh, taking the week off next week, and we'll be back the following week to review the game against Huddersfield and look ahead to the next games of the season. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group. Or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, cause you're out.